I want to speak a little bit as we are, we've talked about this before actually, probably several times, but I think it's so relevant given the time of the year and our exit from one year into another because it is an imperative part of our spiritual journey. And one of the, um, one of the not talents, but one of the possibilities that we would want to really incorporate into our journey. And that is the capacity to sit in reality, not in story. And because we tend to fall back into story when things get busy. When we're really busy, we have we take shortcuts in the way that we um, make decisions and our movement and so that we can sort things very quickly and fit in more tasks and more visits and more activities and whatnot. We tend to use the shorthand and the shorthand is a story about what has happened in the past in either a relationship, in a situation, um, in our experience of a certain um, gathering. So we go to that shorthand before we even enter into it. And we take that old experience and pattern and message with us. And that can lead us into a situation where, no, where we are not experiencing reality because reality is only in the present moment. It isn't something that we carry from the past. So when we're busy, we have to be ever so attuned to ourselves to make sure that we are so much in the present of whatever is unfolding and have dropped that which we could have brought with us. And some of those pieces are useful and relevant, but many of them, if we really watch ourselves, if we really pay attention, we're able to see where our fear or our ego or our desire steps in and has a little influence over how it is we're experiencing the present moment, that we really are not in the liberation of it being something new. And if we can learn how to do that, we open ourselves and everyone around us into this new cauldron of possibility in every moment. Because every moment has the possibility of being completely new and different than any other past moment. It's not even the possibility, it just is. And it doesn't need to have carried or dragged into it something that was relevant and consistent and true in the past. It does not make it true now. So truth is often um, expressed as a moving target. It's intertwined with our fears, our judgments, our patterns, our desires. And this moving target makes it more, um, a little trickier for us to unpack it. And so we just go into, it's, we get a little bit into rote. I know this happens in relationships where somebody tends to um, behave in a certain way or let us down in a certain way that we just assume when we go into the next gathering where we will see them or next situation where we're interacting that they're gonna behave the same way because in our mind, they always behave that way. And we never give that person an opportunity to become something different. And I know for myself, I wouldn't want a, someone to trap me in my worst moment and hold that as the way I'm going to be going forward. So we want to liberate ourselves and liberate everyone else from that judgment that we carry. 
So how do we have clarity in the truth of reality or for this present moment? How do we keep that? How do we shine that mirror? As Ram Dass says, shining the mirror. How do we polish the mirror of how we are receiving and how we are putting out the reflection of what reality is? The mirror of our seeing. How do we keep that polished? So one thing is to look at how we integrate in our past experiences, knowledge with what is presently happening. So our capacity for intellect or knowledge is one of our highest faculties or capabilities. It's a good thing. We need our mind and our intellect in many, many instances. In most instances, we need at least a piece of it to come forth with us. And so, but we can get mesmerized by knowledge because knowledge can create a false sense of power and control, specifically control. When we have a sense that we know how something's going to be, we feel we have control over it. For most of us, it's the unknown that is the most unsettling. So we try to find concrete ways to say, well, this is how the situation typically plays out. So that's how I'm going to hold it. Instead of holding it in the unknown, the cauldron of unknown, unknowingness, which is much more unsettling, but much more exciting, we want to put ourselves back into just the way children see every new moment that comes to them. They haven't built up enough patterns and enough resistance and enough history to have it cloud every new experience they have. They just come to it new. It's a wonderful thing for us to observe. So we want to use this intellect, this mental capacity, but without integrating it with the experiences that we've had and the experience in the moment, we can't comprehend the present moment fully, not fully enough. We don't have to drop everything else and only be present and say nothing else has happened. That's not reality. In reality, we have had experiences that have taught us things that are useful for us to know. We just don't want to be trapped by them. So let's just say for the most complete or accurate assessment of life in the present moment, we need our knowledge, our wisdom, our intellect, the intellectual acumen we have acquired through study and through the life that we have, we have led, and our experience of all of our senses. All of this input, including the intu intuitive nature, which is part of our sensory intake and output, taking into account all of those pieces and blending them into this way that we are existing in the present moment. So the biggest trap we get into is our subjective prejudices. So most of us have built up a belief system that is brought into how we make judgments and how we quickly can sort and uh, let go of something. We'll say, well, that never works, so I won't do it that way. And some of that's useful and some of that is not. So knowledge is a memory. It's not a collection of, of independent thoughts. Our mind has independent thoughts running through it all the time. And they may be related to what the activity you're doing. They may be related to um, some past, something sitting that happened to you yesterday. Our mind has fragments of thoughts that come and go and intertwine. Our knowledge is, a, is memory, but it's a collection of comprehensive um, dependent thoughts that make up something, a train of thought around something, a knowingness and a knowledge around a certain idea. So they're generally organized. Knowledge isn't usually disparate. We usually have it in an organized way for us to understand something, whatever the ideas we're trying to understand. 
but the thoughts in our mind can be disparate and moving all around. So we have these moving around ideas. We have this train of intellectual thought that has some order to it. And then we have the present moment that's bringing in whatever is actually happening in this present moment. And we have our experiences from the past that have, are laying a certain color. They're like the color commentator over what's happening in the present moment. So the problem with knowledge is that it's in the past. We learned about something in the past. It's not about the present. Knowledge is something that we've taught ourselves from a book or an experience or from sort of some sort of teaching, and we put it together in a comprehensive way in our mind, but it's a past thought. So not we know knowledge is in science shows us this all the time. Knowledge is only as good as the last moment. It's good now, but when we learn something new, now that knowledge becomes something different. So if we hold on to it as truth with the capital T, that that knowledge is forever going to be true, then we're going to get trapped in something that has evolved to something else and we haven't evolved with it. So knowledge is very tricky. We have to be very careful about knowledge. Very careful. But we want to use it when it's useful for us. So how do we need to just constantly be looking at how am I blending all of these aspects together so that I'm in the reality of this moment? So that I'm in the reality of what's really happening in this second, so that I see truth of what things are rather than what I'd like them to be. Because in our spiritual journey, the more we coat our spiritual journey with these different ideas that are not actually true now, they maybe were true before, but they're not true now, the less our path leads us in the direction we want. It's like we're coming down to a, a, our path and we have little branches of places and, and paths, smaller paths we can take off of the main path. And every time we take a path that is something that refers to and reflects back to our past, but isn't true now, it takes us in a different direction. It's fine. It might end up coming back, weaving back to the same, but you've derailed the journey you've put yourself on. You've derailed the journey you've put yourself on. So we have to sit in the spaces in between. There's a beautiful German word for this. I wonder if any of you ladies who've been in Germany lately can remind me what it is about the spaces between, that there's something that happens, like say in our breath, when you take an inhale and there's a space between you before you exhale, there's this brief moment where nothing's, you're not inhaling, you're not exhaling. There's just solitude and it's a um, it's like the unchiness and the juiciness of the of either of them because it's nothingness, but it's connected to both the inhale and the exhale. So our life, as we experience it working towards reality, has these unchi little spaces where we can take all of this incoming information and make an assessment based on what is happening in this moment and how it may be different from our memory and how it may be different from our knowledge, what is the truth of that moment? We have to uncover that, unearth that in this little space that we're in. So we have packets of this that happen all day long when we have the opportunity to integrate rather than to jump to a conclusion based on whatever we wanna call it, our knowledge, our past experiences, our judgments, whatever we wanna use, but not to jump to something, to simply be available to a new spark of possibility in that moment. And this will continue, when we do this, we continually open up our heart, we open up our spaciousness, 
And this journey that we work so hard to be on becomes very vibrant and very alive. This pause between the inhale and the exhale holds like the whole thing. It's like the kernel of everything is held in this pause. This is why we do pranayama. This is why we do our meditation practice. This is why we work on our consciousness of being in the present moment so that we at least have the possibility of opening up this little space. And the more we practice it, the broader the space can get. There's a sloka, which is a Sanskrit verse that says, she who worships knowledge enters into greater darkness. It's from the Ishavasya Upanishad, and it's interpreted to mean knowledge by itself is an obstacle to understanding absolute truth. So here the Upanishads, which are thousands and thousands of years old, talked about the idea that we cannot just use our intellect to assess something. We know that. We talk about that all the time. But in this busy time of the year, we will reflect back on either things we believe we know from our intellect or from past experiences, and we'll carry them into the moment so that we can make a quick decision, a quick movement, because we're busy. This is the time for us to back up and find that space, that pause, both literally and figuratively, and slow ourselves down a little bit so that the reality and potential of the moment, the truth of the moment is clear to us. We get to step into that instead of stepping into something from the past. That's our strength, that's our superpower. When we develop that capacity and we sit in that space, we find a stillness in ourselves and a guidance in ourselves that is so much more powerful than anything that our mind can conjure up because it's a combination of all of our faculties. Our superpower is not one aspect of us. It is the beautiful combining of all of the aspects of ourselves. And we have that already. We just have to integrate it and pull it up and use it. We just have to use it. Remembering that truth with a capital T, the real truth we're talking about is always in the present moment. It's always here. It's not someplace else. So I want to finish with this beautiful saying, poem, writing, prose that says the doors and the window panes thick with the dark tint of pride and secondhand knowledge have been left open for the sweet divine breeze to enter. Let all of those pieces of us that contain us leave open a, a window so that we don't have to be contained. There's no need for us to be contained and to be diminished. What we want from our spiritual journey is to be expanded and liberated, to be let out of the cage, to be sitting by the open window and to fly out anytime we want. So this next two weeks, take the time to sit in the pause and allow the integration of all of these pieces of the brilliant person, the brilliant woman, the brilliant being that you are in the world come together and allow you that sense of freedom and that sense of having the expansive.